Philosophy. Descartes. Debate. The Mep Report. Mep Report. Mep Report. The awesomest discussion podcast in the history of the human species. Oh, yeah! Let me tell you of an interview with an old man emu. He's got a beak and feathers and things, but the poor old fella ain't got no wings. Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? I'm better to da-da-da. Well, the eagle's flying round and round to keep my two feet firmly on the ground. Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you, I can run the pants of a kangaroo. But I don't He can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo. All right, in that case, welcome to the Mep Report number 149, May 11th, 2016. <laughs> One more time. I have a sense of deja vu. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things that, like, when the people who have been in a given recording remember everything that happened and no one else ever will because it never went out because the recording was ruined because go to hell Skype. It's it's the weird thing. It's like we're all like deja vu, and the rest of the audience is like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is the first time I've heard you. So all, just just keep in mind, dear listeners, that all of the stuff that you missed on the greatest MEP report ever recorded, um, I'm we're okay. sorry that you missed it. It was okay. It was. It, I mean, it, it was okay for God. Ever. For God, it was okay. It was it was the best. <laughs> hey guys, anyway, why don't we just why don't we just reenact that MEP report that was lost word for word? That will That'll not be awesome. Stale at all. You know what's great about this show is that it's so organic, and we do everything for the first time, and it's, exactly. you know, it's all yes and, right? So what's going on, everyone? Uh, good to see you all out there, and, uh, and yeah, and uh, we, are, we are all here, uh, and I can see everyone's uh, shining faces, by which I mean the still pictures of Russ, who always looks like on his Skype picture that he's giving us the side eye. He's like, really? Really? And then Story's just got the straight up nice smile. He's like, hey, what's going on? It's me. And story, I think that smile comes from the fact that um, uh, you are uh, you have moved on in your uh, career. Well, I will. And, uh, I will be. Or by the time they hear this, they will. Yes. Which is why I'm asking you <laughs> this question. True. No, <laughs> I mean it's, it's public knowledge. It's it's out to everyone. It's not a secret anymore. I I am indeed quitting my job. I have had the experience in the last two weeks for the first time in my entire life. I have applied for jobs while I still have a job. Which amazing what most people do i hear tell but i've i've never <laughs> yeah. i've never done that's that. the leverage fact, thing that's y- good yeah, yeah no, you know I, the next thing is you go really conventional you start voting republican and you know i mean you know that's that's how it goes down, next right you, you go get a volvo to drive like this is all this is all it's all downhill but from have here. you heard how we're gonna make america great again Greg? oh god <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get into that later but let's go back to the no, let's go back so i yeah so i it's um it was funny with this consultant who uh who i worked with who was sad that I was leaving and was trying to look for a job. He was like, you know, well, you don't you don't want to take too many chances. Once in my career, this guy's like 70. He's like, once in my career, <laughs> I, uh, I, I quit a job before I had another job and I learned really quickly I never wanted to do that again. I was like, oh yeah? Like, like all <laughs> six of the jobs that I've gotten in my life? Yeah, I have I, this image, I have though, of this guy. learning experience. <laughs> I have this image, that. though, of this guy looking like an Old West prospector with a bandana around his neck. He's like, you know, Sonny, I've seen things, you know, out there in the yeah. job market. Like, I just have this image of him being like, if you were you super know, you don't want to do that. Kind of refined New Orleans, then you're, you're, 
You're not wrong. Like, he definitely has the visage that he would work in that environment also. He's, oh, really? Okay, okay. He just happens <laughs> to be refined old New Orleans. He's, he's a nice guy, but... Uh, but it's just, I, I, I love getting career advice from people where it's like, you know what, what you've done your whole life? Don't do that. What, yeah, they're, they're clearly don't like, make that no, choice. I think it's been okay. I think it's been all right. <laughs> That's the same career advice that it's like, did you get it printed out on, on glossy paper at Kinko's? <laughs> right, because that's... Right. <laughs> That's what they look for these days. I know the last you know, you two can't times go I've, with the low white paper. The, the last two times I brought a resume to a job interview, I've like felt really dumb about it. They're like, "What? We all have seven copies. Why? Why are you? Why are you handing us this?" And I'm like, "Paper? Why? Oh my! And that was like three. And that was like three job interviews ago. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. Uh, maybe if I we fly have... in the paper factory where they don't, have, <laughs> you know." I want to go back. I want to talk more about your job in a second, yeah, but no I just want to go quick side note yeah. that um, today I went to a, um, I'm finishing up final exams, uh, grading final exams, and today I went to a research committee meeting. Uh, I belong to the research committee at St. John's University, so it's my job along with the other committee members to kind of sort through uh, internal grant applications and things like oh, okay. this. I know you know, I know you know nothing about grant right, stories, yeah, yeah. so I, I'll have to explain this to you. Okay. No, um, but, uh, you know, slowly. internal grant applications and stuff. And uh, so, uh, and but we walked in there, and we all had like the Excel, you know, spreadsheets that we had been sent with the various candidates that we were looking at, or whatever. And so I had, you know, I had my laptop with me, and I had also printed out copies of, you know, the Excel, like my comments or whatever on the Excel sheet. So I put it out there, and I had the laptop there, and I was hoping I wasn't, you know, sort of behind technologically because everyone has their laptops out. But this one guy, one of the committee members, has got like the papers down there, and when it comes to the score amounts, he's like, "So I gave this." person like this number this number this number and they're like okay well what's the weighted score and he's like well what do you mean and they're like well you just have to it's in the column right there and he's like well no i wrote this out so he had printed out the sheet and then was trying to like <laughs> just wrote down the scores and they're like no we just manually that's what excel is for he's like oh i just thought it was to keep the cell the like the, the columns separate or something i was just like when technology collides like this is clearly weird. we're like the guy was like no i that was and he seems so sad he's like but that, i made the program so you could like, you what? could just put it in and it's like wax there. paper with a light <laughs> candle behind it, right? You know? <laughs> it's like, what, if you put this together and spin it, it's a rotoscope, and it works. <laughs> it was really... Anyway. So, uh, but back to your job. So, you, so, you've, uh, so you've successfully left, and so have... Do you feel good about new prospects? Like, are there... Yeah, I mean, so part of the problem was that, like, job interviewing was getting in the way of my job. <laughs> so, there's only so many times that you can take a long lunch and be like, yes be a long one <laughs> like tomorrow i have I a love story the perfect worker became a flake like out of <laughs> i know <laughs> like is he a drug problem what is yeah, up no, with and this just guy? before they can fire him he's like i quit They're like god yeah. damn it <laughs> right. you know? well no i mean it's really it's really an issue i mean it's an issue i've never had before right i'm 36 i've worked basically my whole life outside of college and i've never encountered like it's really hard to interview for jobs because people when when they have the job and you want the job they're not flexible they're just like uh we have this time or this time these are your two choices and yep you know and as you move on in the rounds they get less and less flexible they're like no this is really like tomorrow i have a three-hour interview that i think is a group interview or something but like you know that's like a whole morning that's that's you know and i get in usually at seven and it's like nine at noon so you can't go in before that so that's like it's a full-time job to look for a job yeah. i know it yeah so, it's, so it's i i'm only reaffirmed in my usual policy of taking a break between jobs so that you can actually uh look for things properly yeah i mean i don't i don't know 
I, I'm not like totally set on what I want to do. I like development. Um, you know, it's there's some drawbacks, but I think um, I think overall it's something I'm probably going to stick with. I have half a mind to think about teaching. Part of me wants to just like drive Uber. Like I have no idea. I don't know. That's what I love. About you should do all three at yes, once. You should work in development yes, during Uber while teaching. Idea. Yes. 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 Only if I can take Uber fares while actually in the classroom. And then you should like, deal blackjack in the back seats of Uber cars. <laughs> Before I take you to your trip, double down or hit. Be like, blackjack what? wasn't even in the equation. Where did that come from? Just um, a little spice yeah, on there. Exactly. Just throw it in. So, um, but yeah, but I love, I love quitting jobs. God, it's the best. <laughs> the freedom you feel after quitting a job and 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 it's just like life is so well designed in america to make you feel like you're not really alive at any point in time and so you just have to constantly unless you're russ and you have already designed your life like that you have to constantly <laughs> take steps within your life to remind wait yourself back up what alive. what was any of what you just said i i mean i'm willing to perfectly he says it. unless you're me the avatar of ultimate freedom right. and autonomy right oh i was wondering what i just wondered where you came into the equation okay <laughs> so, so you're no, the no, ultimate no, freedom because russ, okay. russ is just like i will live on the wind and do 700 improv oh okay like yes. i don't need to, you know <laughs> i don't need anything from anybody i can just the clouds be will me. be my dinner <laughs> exactly <laughs> And the birds will be my improv teammates. <laughs> this is what happened when Russ <laughs> found, it, found his like own like unlimited supply of nuts and berries. And ever since then, he's never had to like worry about food or anything else. He just goes out and he hunters and gathers. You know, and it is having a savings account. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's all about nuts and berries. Nut the nut storehouse. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yes. So, so, so there you are. So you're, Who knows? We'll see. We'll go crazy. You should. Hey, uh, my question is: Did yeah. all of your uh, bent and cowed and beaten co-workers did they see a ray of hope in your action when you announced that you were no, leaving no no there's a lot of resentment i think well i don't know it's hard <laughs> <laughs> why does that guy get to go out it's hard <laughs> no there's been a lot of mixed feelings there's been people who are like we're happy for you but i don't know it's fine like it's fine it'll be fine um, oh so they really they're already doing the trash talking behind the scenes to, to paper mean, over why, why anyone would ever want to leave this company. I'm, I'm a little yeah, bit reading between leave. the lines, but like, you know, but everybody knows. I don't know. I, I, I tried to trust keep things your really intuition. positive on the way out, but, uh, but everybody knows. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody so, knows. Everybody knows the deal. Time's coming. So was your, was your, in particular, um, was your boss, uh, what was your boss's reaction? Um, you know, well, I tried, you know, I kept things really positive and hopefully she doesn't listen. Oh man, he's giving the most political answer. I was just going to say that. Like, I was like, I was hoping you're going to be like, he's like, oh, my boss. Well, um, you know, I think that she's got a different approach to life that I, you know, and I, I I appreciate different approaches to life. I, I went so far (laughs) out of my way in the real life version of this to keep it like, like unhealthily positive, like like just unhealthily <laughs> positive so just like I so syrupy i'll be sweet, working huh? for another company and right. aren't we all really a team in this city yeah, exactly. and i'll just no. be helping you from right. a totally different right. office no i mean New Orleans actually, strong. so it, it was actually amazing because because i had been planning you know because i have rarely like the last you know decade of my life when i've quit jobs it's been because i'm moving and that's like kind of an ironclad thing where it's like well I am leaving this city, so I can't very well keep doing this job for you there. Sorry. 
And it's been a long time since I've quit because I was really just unhappy. And, um, and it was the weirdest idea to me. My dad gave me the idea um, because, you know, the environment is negative and the person is negative. And he gave me the idea that I could just not say why I was leaving and not say anything bad. And just, like, the fact that I was leaving would be this kind of, like, weirdly inexplicable elephant in the room of, like... You don't have to say that. You just have to say it's a fact. I'm excited to pursue new opportunities. I will be doing something else. You know, yes, I, just don't, the city. I just don't believe in too much of a good thing. No, That's no, no. Just no. I mean, from... not even that. That has the word don't in it. <laughs> I, like, and I literally, I wrote a resignation letter, and I did this whole thing where it was just nothing but positive things. I was like, I was like I've really enjoyed it here. It's been great. Yeah, it's been good. And she kept trying to, like, worm some feedback out of me of, like, well, I hope you can be on. And I'm just like, it's been great. It's been really wonderful. I will not be doing it anymore in it's two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> See, just, I'm a masochist. I don't so like weird. things that I like. Is the yeah, thing. exactly. No, me. I mean, I just like it was. Well, it was. It was even. It was just very zen because it was beyond the question of leaving because I wouldn't even entertain that there was a why. It's just this is the fact that will be happening. This is what is on the ground. <laughs> I will no longer be working. Right, because why implies that there could great. have been a different choice right. made. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Why yeah. implies that there's some reason that I'm doing it, and it's just a fact. It's just a fact of life. I won't be working here anymore. It's been great. Yeah, stories story like the Mary Poppins of uh, developmental jobs. Well, yeah, exactly. So just when you feel fixes like you it, it fixes everything, everyone learns to live on their own, and then story flies away on an umbrella. Great, it was a great. It was a great challenge to actually follow through with that plan because I never would have come up with that plan on my own, but my dad did, and I think it was the only way that I could get out of there alive without just like getting into a defensive fight and struggle so it was good so it was good well yeah. welcome to the ranks of the almost unemployed and then uh back into the unemployed back into the employed so yeah I well hope. yeah who knows we'll see how we'll see how tomorrow i don't hope maybe i mean take your time you're fine no, it may be <laughs> a short-lived <laughs> but yeah no i'm not in i'm not i'm not in any like, vacation. particular rush like i would rather i would rather take some time to get it right and, and uh, you can never really that's, know. That's, I hear, I hear uh, high lie wagering is big these days. You could really, really open it up. I just all I will offer. I don't know you, if they have that. I don't think I've said this on the map report. I will offer to you. I will offer public domain, free of charge, my screening question for all future bosses in all future situations. Feel free to take this. Take this to your next job interview. The question is: How many unread email messages are in my supervisor's inbox? Ask it. It's important. If the number is a five-digit wow. number, run, run. Five digits. Run. If it's five first, digits, if the first two digits are one and a six. Run. Oh my god. Don't walk. Run. Wow. Not total messages. Wow. Unread messages. Run. Wow. I go berserk when we have like unopened mail in the house here yeah. when it's just like a couple <laughs> letters I'm like Wells Fargo has something to say to you <laughs> Open why haven't you read it important yeah. message from Nigeria <laughs> I mean if I'm away for a week I'll probably get a couple of hundred if I'm not keeping up with it on the road I'd probably get a couple of hundred unread email oh, sure. messages if you're on vacation, well, like yeah, yeah. If you're on you know. vacation go crazy and get 150 if you're on vacation but in the office right. I, I, get, I get up to three and I start twitching I am I am at yeah. zero at all times if I'm sitting at my desk. Three makes me like, yeah. what did I miss? I'm behind on something. It's crazy. I mean, I can't, I, you know, and I can't, right? Because of, yeah, no, it's right, like, right. yeah. 
And it feels like it feels like you know. I have to say too that it feels like sometimes people sort of. I, I get this sometimes with students where they'll they'll claim that they sent me something, and they'll be like, "Well, I sent it to this account," and I will look, and it's not in the spam account, and it's not in that account, and then they'll be like, "But I sent it there," and I'll be like, "But I didn't get it." Yeah. Like you know, like, like that's that's nice. To, I'm glad to know the reality, <laughs> but the reality is that no message. The postman did not pop down my street and hand me a message. You know, like I, it did not arrive in my box, but they just had this sort of plaintive. But I did send it to you, and I like, but I don't care because I didn't get it, and therefore no. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you, you need to have like some kind of an access point that that people can reach. Although you know, maybe that explains a lot of the way that you know, sort of the modern publishing industry conducts itself, which is basically to just be like, you sent me something, I will ignore it for a year and a half, and then I will yeah. complain bitterly about the seven thousand queries that I get every second. You know, uh, that's demonstrative of something. You know, because that's that's what they all do. They're like, I got seven million queries a second, so unfortunately, I can't respond to you because you know. Right. And it's like that scene out of uh, Bruce Almighty where it's just like yes to all. You know, like, and and that's that's what you you know. But fit, that's that's crazy, and it's because of well, it's because of reasons we can't get into. But you're well clear of this place, and uh, yes. I'm glad that you're yes. moving, on moving on to, on. Um, Time speak, to move on. speaking of that. That discussion, I just opened up my, my Gmail spam folder just because yeah. it's something I never, ever do. And I'm really impressed at, at Google's ability to eliminate all this stuff from my life because I've forgotten what spam looks like, pretty much. Like, yeah. Miss, Mrs. Marilda Bernhard writes an email that says, Greetings, my beloved. View my attached file. Oh, did she offer you a million? Did she offer you a million dollars? Did she offer you a million dollars? No, it's just a straight up virus delivery. It's just like, hello, have a virus? (laughs) Would you like to virus? It's like all those. It's all those messages that they deliberately misspell lots of words in the message because they want to scam people who are not who are either stupid or not paying attention. Like they deliberately Mm. seek out that particular profile. So if you can tell that certain words are misspelled, they're they're not interested. But you are right that the spam filters have gotten a lot, you know, a lot more sort of efficient at being able to figure these things out. And um, I don't, you know, and it's also the fact that now with a variety of other sort of messages coming in, since emails are all, all you know, already considered like sort of ancient technology by most of the sort of youngest generation, they're kind of like email. Yeah, I think my dad had one of those in his attic. You know. It's it's interesting that they finally at that moment figured out exactly how to handle spam because all the new hip kids you know are all about the uh, all about that Snapchat that Tinder social networking. Oh my god! <laughs> Etc. They're like spam emails posing as my stepfather. They're spam emails posing as a girlfriend from like two thousand and seven. Like this is crazy. Yeah, this shit is advanced. Yep. How does it know? Yep, they send it to you like, hey, and it's from like random people, and you're like, hi, oh, yeah. Yep. Download my file. Like, okay. I love yeah, that, but... download my file. Or the ones that, you get them sometimes at uh, my St. John's email, I'll get this, where you'll have things that'll just be like, uh, IT help desk, uh, mailbox closed, please click to enable, thank you, Jose, mm-hmm. IT tech. I'm yeah. like, okay, there I... is no Jose, and there's no IT it. help desk. I love it when they pose as Verizon, but the email is like Verizon help you now at jeff.com. At suckit.givememoney.org. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fairly informal of them. <laughs> I know. 
it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know we've gotten to the point. I was thinking about this the other day, um, and I think we've talked a little bit about some sort of what technology is capable of doing. I don't know if we talked about this in the now famously lost episode, but um, did you guys hear that there was a kid um, that had decided that there was this kid who basically had uh, found out about a um, classmate of his um, that had if he started going to school there and i think i think they're like in fifth or sixth grade something like that and the girl had um she had had an arm uh, amputated from the elbow up when she was like much younger so she had like her left arm like the forearm left forearm was not there so this kid who was like apparently a you know like a science prodigy or whatever had a 3d printer at home and he did a lot of research and he talked to people all around the world kids like in sixth grade and he ends up <coughs> printing out a functional functional 3d printed prosthetic forearm and i don't mean functional like oh you know it sort of is like you know that's nice johnny made something out of construction paper no i mean he got medical experts who found out about this and were interested to sign off on the design of this thing he designed it and then talked to the girl about how to design it so it's got like flames down the side and it's like super epic looking and all this stuff but it works. And the reason the girl couldn't have something like this because she couldn't afford it. Like, they couldn't afford what would be required to kind of go into the process of doing it. So she had just adapted, to, you know, because it had been years and years and years to not having it. So she now has a functional forearm that a classmate in sixth grade 3D printed. I, I was just like, okay. Like, <laughs> so, so science fiction occurred, and here we are. Like, I, it was amazing to me that, that I just love, I love every part of that story. That, that he was just that like, yeah, I'll go touch a future supervillain of some kind. But, you know, like, the fact that he went and he talked to some, and then a bunch of doctors were like, oh, and they started getting interested. They're like, well, here's how you would do it. And then he just 3D prints it. Like, do you know how insane that is? Like, this is not some rich kid. This is a kid who happens to have a 3D printer and he's like you know I'll, I'll just make a prosthetic arm because why not like i mean, are, well, I mean what? yeah this is this is the best character of the internet right now which is that it gives you access to all of the world's knowledge and yeah if you would only stop reading buzzfeed you could be anything, you that you be want. anything you want but the information though with the 3d printing is now can be like you know manifested you know what i mean like it's, it's knowledge that can be actually represented in physical form which is astonishing to me, you know, that you could actually do something with this. And I'm talking about, and this just happened. This is not, oh, someday we'll be able to make a prosthetic arm with our, with, you know, $350 printer sitting in our house. No, like you could do it right this second. Like, it's amazing to me that, so. Yeah, and then there was a, at, there was one 3D printer variant that was made that could build other 3D printers. And they did that just <laughs> to prove the concept of like, is this thing alive? <laughs> yeah, can, yeah. It can replicate, so that's that's a big test. Only um, if it decides to do it on its own, in which case we're screwed. Yeah. Well, it can keep it can keep building itself, and it can. I mean, there are all kinds of things that are constructed now that can only be made out of these three D printed parts because of the way that they're you know all designed together and assembled in one place. And and I'm like is sure the three D Tesla? Is a lot of that is made that way too. Is like the material of it, by the way, is the like the three D material. I don't even know what the, like you would think it would be insanely expensive to head to the, for the material, but I guess it's not that well, expensive. Apparently. Yeah, I mean we're still in the very 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 early stages, so most of ninety nine percent of what you see is three D printed is basically like resin or goo that hardens into like a rubber or a ceramic kind of thing. So everything right, okay. is a little tchotchke ceramic, but eventually, I mean there are the bioprinting three D that can actually print you know living tissue, and that that's all that's all coming. 
So sure, no problem. You just print a heart. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just yeah. fire one up. That's we're not far. We're not far from that. Maybe amazing. fifteen, ten, fifteen years. That's amazing. So yeah, so I think I think that we're in a position now where we can we can do stuff like uh, we can do all of this amazing stuff, and I think that we ought to figure out a way to use that for other purposes. And I'm trying to think of what. What mo- what three D printed item we have not yet considered that needs to become a thing like rapidly? I mean, like because we've talked about we talked before about you know made jokes about oh I could three D print Story or Russ or blah 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 but like that's that's you know all that's all sort oh, of but nonsense. isn't that isn't that like a craze right now like for instance like I know that you have your collection of D and D miniatures but like you could True. make a D and D miniature of yourself that would be incredibly realistic and time accurate and all that stuff like it would not be hard to do that. Because there are programs that will put your face on, you know, various uh, blank kind of posed things. And so you can make yourself into an action figure. All right, good show, guys. Uh, I got to go buy some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Are are you joking? I could do this. No, let me just, I'm going to Google it in 10 seconds. Send it to Greg now via Amazon. A drone will be at your door by the end of the show. I can make a miniature of myself. Wow. This is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, wow. That's epically awesome. I don't... I. Mm. So if you... Okay, so like, Story, what would be... So for me, obviously, we've, yes. we found my Nirvana, which is a 3D miniature. But for you, what would... I mean, like, would it be 3D printing a basketball? Like, what? what what's the 3D printed item that you're like, um, this is like... Or, and maybe it's not just things, obviously. It's like, you could, you know, things that could help the world if you wish. Yeah, I was going like, to say, it might be the philosophy to deal with all this technology. Does that come out of the 3D printer? <laughs> like, no, but like, you know, 3D print like a, like a lung or something. Like, or, you know, you could... you could fit, Like, uh, the possibilities are almost apparently endless. Did so, you see the picture that I just put in, in chat? Hold on, let me just look. Just to freak you out for a second. Hold on, looking. Great radio. <laughs> Wow, I'm looking Look at, at the picture. Person, I'm looking at a person Look holding a picture, uh, holding a figurine of herself. Yep, there it is. And looking, and looking at me with the expression of like, yeah, that's right. You want some of the future's now. What? Um, that's amazing. So, story. What would you? So, yeah. So, what would you? Uh, what would you like? You know. I don't know. Um, I guess when they're to the point where you can like have an entire miniature baseball team. In your living room, and you can like set up and play against each other as a as the video game. Except it's not a video game; it's a little miniature baseball diamond that's like paper football, except it's like plastic <laughs> baseball figures. That'd be pretty cool. Totally useless, but like really cool. I mean, I wait, what? What part of plastic baseball figures is not possible thirty years ago? He's claiming. Well, no, he no, wants then no to play. He, he, he wants them to actually. Oh, they have to play. play. Yeah, that, not that like I they, they don't have that playing, yet. But that like they're <laughs> animals, and that they play the game instead of playing it on a video game. They play. Dude, I can't even. I have to like pull teeth to get you into the fantasy baseball league. Why is this well, the thing that you want? That's you don't true. even. I mean, I mean that's a little exactly different though. Staring at numbers. Playing the fantasy you know. baseball league. Yeah. Surely the imagination is more powerful than little tiny nano robots playing baseball on your living room floor. Uh, I don't know about that. Dateline, New Orleans. <laughs> a story sitting on his couch. God damn it, Edgar Martinez. Get the lead out. <laughs> He's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, because then you could have hypothetical matchups. You know, you could play actual fantasy baseball. You could trade. Russ, you could trade. Did you hear the word trade? You could trade yeah, your, your, <laughs> your little figurines. You could be like, I have an authentic Edgar Martinez from 1995, and I'll trade you 
that for you know Robbie Cano in 2016, his best year of his life. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> oh, oh, listen to that. Hey, listen, you could if you uh, want to talk okay. baseball, I'm totally fine with that. I'm sure two of us here would be very pleased. Uh, Red yeah, Sox just uh, won a. Actually, what just happened in baseball tonight? I'm, I guess you guys may have heard about this already. But um, Max Scherzer uh, for the Washington Nationals tied the Major League Baseball record with 20 strikeouts tonight, and wow. he had a chance. He had a chance to strike out. He actually went strike one on the last guy of the game who he had already struck out three times, but the guy lined out, or he would have gotten 21 That's, strikeouts. That's uh, Kerry Woods' record, right? From the yeah, and, and Roger Clemens. And, and Roger Clemens. And Roger Clemens, yeah. So he almost broke the record, and wow. so, uh, yeah. From what, awesome. I, from what I heard, the crowd was very was very deflated when they won the game, but not on the Yeah, they were a little bit like, they were a little bit. I mean, he pitched like 121 pitches or whatever, and yeah, right. so it was, I saw the last part of it on MLB, but, That's so we cool. had, we had history sort of, uh, sort of made, and, and that's not unlike the historical uh, shellacking the Red Sox just laid down on the Oakland A's, so that's that's pretty good. How's your team, Russ? They, I mean, I am, I'm living in a world where I really object to everything that the Yankees do, but there's just this sense of duty where I kind of have to just live with it. Yeah. I don't like that they've insulted their entire fan base by saying that they can't bring StubHub tickets to games or you can't print out your own tickets to prevent yeah. people Seriously? selling your tickets. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? John Oliver made fun crazy. of this. He acts dumb. That's yeah, he made crazy. fun of so dumb. And the explanation on the, the fan that was given, the quote that was taken, was something to the effect of, like, well, also, you know, we know that there will be people who will snatch up cheap tickets and who are not used to sitting in a premium seat location. And everyone's like, you know, you know saying, those people, you right? You don't want the unwashed masses yeah. sitting near your luxury bike. Are you kidding me? And did you hear on the fan, uh, Russ, that the person who immediately jumped to his defense is the public tr- Donald Trump supporter, Mike Francesa, probably worth a million you know millions of dollars himself who's just yeah. like that's not what he actually said i'm like what would you possibly know about the common fans experience mike francesa who has a limo to take you and i'm not making it up from it's your palatial estate in long island to your radio job I and mean, come on it's, it's like watching every yankee loss be followed by a bill simmons tweet of a picture of donald trump in like a yankees jersey <laughs> and i'm like i hate i hate the world like stop <laughs> The Yankees are great. Let's make the Yankees great again. And yeah. yeah, yeah, they could have not signed four or five guys and cobbled together the $900 million that Robinson's Cano's contract is and kept the one of the best second basemen of all time. You could have tried to keep a guy who was raised in your farm system and made him a career Yankee because he's going to be a Hall of Fame second baseman. Or you can have Jacoby Ellsbury. You choose. <laughs> Either way. Whatever. <laughs> the Red Sox were happy. Happy to provide you Jacoby Ellsbury. Ugh. God, yeah. so dumb. It's okay. Robbie Cano is only leading the league in home runs in Safeco. That's all. That's all he's doing. Can't. And listen, it's about time Robin Cano showed up, though. I mean, he's, well, he's look, been, we could only know. we could only poison him. That was only going to last so long. Like, <laughs> he eventually wore. <laughs> he out. finally got out. He was like, like, like can't drink better. water at the New York games. <laughs> now I figured it out. Killed yeah, the whole yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's it's um. It's been an interesting. It's been an interesting baseball year, and sort of interesting to watch these different things unfold. And it is very strange to kind of just you know Be listen to first you, place. You, oh, sorry. You, yes. Because you listen every so often to, uh, you know, you listen every so often to the to you know the fan, 
and I'll listen to John Sterling calling the games, and he just, you know, he does like that when they do the home run trot, as you used to say from some years ago, Russ. Like his his all of his anger, it's like a Hemingway sentence. Oh, he took all of his anger and all of his anguish and all of his pain also, and put it into one home run call. It is high. It is far. It is God. Like he's so frustrated, and he's like, you know, and then they they win twelve three, and everyone's like, the offense is bad, and then they score two runs. They're like, oh. Because, you know, it's a crappy offense with an old-ass scheme that's eight games under 500. And he's so mad. He's so mad. He's keenly aware of the restrictions, even as, like, a a sure-to-be Hall of Fame broadcaster. Like, he knows that he can't just call out the team about how terrible it is, even though he he keeps hinting at it. And they're like, I mean, if you have eyes, you can see that they're not hitting. Like, he has to defend (laughs) every statement that he makes. No, the thing about baseball is you got to hit. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. You know? This is not just our perspective. Like they, they have less runs than every team in baseball. <laughs> I think there's, they're not hitting. I can say that safely, right? Like, uh, and it's and it's funny because too because you know and then all of their guys get injured. Every single one gets hurt, and everyone's like, "Well, you know, you can't predict injuries." You like you can when the entire team has a collective age of like eight hundred and fifty thousand. Like I mean, they're old, so of course they all like break down and you know. Have next best Mark Teixeira, and I know that this is not going to be interesting to most people in baseball terms, so we'll get off the subject in a second. But I just have to say, Mark Teixeira had neck spasms. What the hell is a neck spasm? Like, I mean, I've I've heard of back spasms. Your neck spasms? Like how you you just you suddenly your neck like just like what does that even mean? How does a neck spasm? I don't. I think somebody explained that he he was watching home runs fly over his head too much and he's <laughs> cracking his head. Neck spasm. Um, just, what is oh, can I say this about New York sports? Because sure. I've lived in LA for over a decade. I'm still a diehard New York sports fan across the board. I can't find a goddamn team to get behind. They're all so pathetic and terrible. They're the so terrible. Well, I'm, not, I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Yankee fan and a Giant fan and a Knicks fan, and they're all pathetic. What about hockey? They, Could you be a Rangers fan, maybe? I'm actually an Islanders fan, and they're in, I think they just lost oh. in the playoffs, but at least in the playoffs. That's true. They did um, lose in the playoffs. And they have a relatively young team. But, but they're in Brooklyn. All of the New York City-based teams all have this kind of New York City bureaucratic management where it's all groupthink and investing with Bernie Madoff and just making decisions poorly, and... They've all groupthink themselves out of their respective sports. Like they are no longer as good as the analytics-based teams or the teams that like work on Moneyball or have a system. They're just like because a lot of these sports have adapted, so you can't just outspend other teams. And I mean, you literally can't in the NBA and the NFL, but in baseball, even it doesn't work as well as it used to. And they have no solution to that because they're all. And I really don't want to make this about my problems with New York in light of the uh, the Democratic primary in that state, because I'm sure these are only partially related things, but I just feel like it's just this entrenched bureaucracy that, while does many good things, has like a wonderful state welfare system and healthcare system and mass transit, but if you want to get anything done in New York, you but, have but to if, wait but if you 35 want basketball. years to do it. <laughs> no, but I like, mean, it ta- these are all these are all processes that take 35, 40 years to accomplish. And so anything yeah. new cannot happen there ever. Well, look, Russ, I mean, Phil Jackson has a long play. So three decades from now, they will be dominant again. And that's all. Yeah. I mean, it's just a very long, yeah, I told you so from the grave. long play. <laughs> yes. He will, he will still be running. He'll still be trying to prove that the triangle is a good system, you know, from the grave at that point. He'll still be making the shots. I mean, 
I, yeah, it's it's interesting to me to watch. I mean, as someone who is not a New York sports fan of any kind, it is enjoyable to me, you know, as, as I've always said, if my team was not doing well, the second best thing is for the New York teams not to do well so that I can listen to sports radio and just laugh because you just have the I can't stand it. Fire everybody in the world. Fire, you know. And it's been weird because the last couple of years, the Mets, of course, have been a you know excellent, tremendous team, whereas the Yankees have just been you know more and more and more irrelevant. And that's such a weird thing for me because I've been living in New York for a long time, and and you know and listening constantly as the nonsensical that ridiculous note. Why did we even build it? Stadium goes up, and then that you know absurd like you know the the stupid like majestic da 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 when they're talking about a goddamn baseball team and they act like it's a, the vatican um you know and yet somehow that team is now face planted and it's it's so odd to me i keep expecting i'm going to wake up and be like so this is pre 2004 and the red Sox still suck and the yankees are dominant right like that's, no, that's still mean, the, the reality is, like like somehow someone has successfully designed parody such that all of the worst teams of you know the generation that we grew up with are now all the best teams and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Um, and if you look at like the teams in the basketball playoffs right now, like the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers and the San Antonio Spurs and the Cleveland Cavaliers, these were the like the worst teams, yep. barely yep. worth mentioning in the league for years and years and years, and now they are. The, although, the although parody in that period of time and was in the finals when we were kids but that's okay Ooh, portland yeah 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 portland is Kevin not Duckworth the most like decorated basketball team in the world they've been i mean they they did win one with uh dr jack Ramsey. yes they had the clyde they had the clyde drexler run. They, had yeah, clyde drexler. they had they were in the finals back to back years they were pretty good they were pretty good all right, yeah. I think my point still stands <laughs> <laughs> about about the Portland Trailblazers. I'm gonna, I'm no, gonna I mean, defend the Blazers against all. Kinds. I have to say, story that although I, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Trailblazers, it's hard for me to root against a team that just has that has a guy who's out for two weeks and is like, now nah, I will score forty points because I can. I mean, that like, was I the mean, most ridiculous game. I did not, in any way, shape, or form in my life, have the time to watch that game. I did not have the ability to stay up until twelve forty-five a.m. and yet I did, <laughs> and. So much regret. I mean, it was objectively like an amazing game. If you're oh yeah, fan. I only but caught the highlights like, and I thought it was amazing. Oh my gosh, but so heartbreaking, totally crushing. It's it's and you know and the Trailblazers have played really well. I yeah. mean, like it's not the, it's not their fault. They're just they're up against God. Like they're up against I mean, God in basketball. And Steph Curry just seems to and relish so. in like just like doing the most ridiculous things. Like it's not oh, fun yeah, you for know, him if if. It's not fun for him unless he's down 15 and he's fading away on every shot from 40 feet. And then it's like, okay, now it's fun. Now and I swish. No, I know. Yeah. He, do, he does not look like a human yeah. being. Yeah. Like, he really doesn't. He's just like, I, I am a video game myself. Like, he doesn't... He's Did just, you know he, oh, that... Um, I mean, there are, you, you can quote, like, a billion stats about how good Steph Curry is, but he, he led the NBA in layup percentage this year. Really? really? I mean, how ridiculous is that? He's great at everything, though, is the thing. Like, I mean, he's great at everything. He also is great at passing. He's just, he's just a ridiculous player. He's a ridiculous player. He's just, Have you ever he's, seen and, his, uh, his yeah. warm-up routine, his pre-game warm-up routine? No. There are videos of it where it's like a 20-minute long video where he's just continually doing reps of the most absurd, having nothing to do with the jump shot moves, just like the one-hand floater, the other-hand floater, the, like, do a Spider-Man and do a shot, bounce a ball between your legs and throw it out between your thing, shoot, shoot a thing from the tunnel, shoot a thing from half court and it's just part of his routine now so they that's how he's he's become this player with this insane amount of preparation for just 
janky, weird moves that he makes that, that are second yeah. nature to him. It's well, totally it's like amazing stuff. Half court, court shot. That's a shot that he like practices all the time. That he like just drew yeah. up and made that set the world on fire for a week. I forget who he was even playing, but like everyone was like, "That's ridiculous." So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And 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 they. I remember I was, I was listening to a guy who was afterwards was just like, "Well, you know, I mean, yeah, he scored forty points, but he took thirty two shots." I'm like, "Look, he scored." 40 points when he hasn't played for two weeks and he scored 17 points in overtime. I don't care if he took 150 shots. That is Nobody's the most ever scored 17 points yeah. in any I mean, What's time. amazing, what's amazing about that game shots. is like, he missed his first 10 threes. And the only reason we were like in the game was because he kept missing threes and he kept taking threes. And then we're like, oh, Steph Curry is still broken. There's something wrong with him. And then he scores 17 points in overtime. And like in the middle of that, he like pointed at everybody and was like, "I'm back." And then we're like, "Yeah." Okay. Yeah. They were doing the John Wick. Now. They did the thing where they showed the pictures, just like, "Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back." And you're like, "Oh God!" <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it pretty crazy. Me I mean, of the I, shrug. I when Jordan Jordan did the shrug in the finals against the Blazers, and that was yep. like the low point of Blazer fandom because we had been to the finals back to back years, gotten crushed by Detroit, and then got crushed by the Bulls. And he did the shrug in the middle of that. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm this good. And I'm like, why? Why is this always happening? Exactly. And you're just kind of like, and it's almost yeah. like you want to be angry, but you're like, I just don't. Why is reality? Like, why Why does yeah. reality exist? I mean, you know? Steph Curry is insanely likable. I mean, it, it was really hard because he also, like, crushed the Pelicans in the first round of the playoffs. And, like, there was a game that we were up 15 in the fourth quarter. I remember that. And he came yeah. back, like, and I was there in person having just gotten into the Pelicans. And it was like, we won this ridiculous game against San Antonio to even get in the playoffs. And then, yeah, we lost the two in Golden State, but we were up the whole game in New Orleans. And then he was just like, and, and Alex even said, like, at two different points, okay, now it's over, it's fine. And I was like, I don't know, they still have Steph Curry. And then, he, like, the last shot, they were down three, and he did a fadeaway and missed and got his own rebound and took it back and, like, fell out of bounds and hit the three at the buzzer and it was the most ridiculous shot I've ever seen in my life and I'm just like I want to hate it the really guy. is I really want to hate the guy but he's just I mean the problem is I think I may have said this on a map report he is literally like the total embodiment of the player that I always wanted oh to yeah be. like he, <laughs> he, even, exactly he even shoots the ball like his you profile yeah exactly of like making threes all the time relying totally on the shot there being no boundary to his range like that is who I want to be um, <laughs> yep. And who I always like tried to be in my own, you know, at my own level. So how could I possibly like, you know, and he's always been the underdog and like didn't go to a big school, but took a non-name school to big play. Like, how could I not like this guy? So Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, okay. Everyone to, likes to be him. Fair, to that. be fair, his dad was an NBA player. So yeah, it's not like it was true. a totally foreign thing that he was going to, yeah, so you know, have good guidance and that, like, pedigree. No business Del, being Del Curry. Player. Like, yeah, like no, he, he was. Is, but, Steph Curry but, like, is also you know. like my height, so like you know, yes. Yeah, like, right. It's compared, right? Exactly. Right. And like, if you look at like the other greatest player of, the, of his age, which is LeBron James, who is, by the way, I understand how great Steph Curry is. I'm sorry. Find me one player in the history of recorded time who you just put on every team, and they immediately not just become a playoff team, but they win 50 games and automatically go to the conference finals just with that player. 
Like LeBron James, I know has his own issues that people, but that guy is so good that. But he's not. He's a freak of nature, though. Like he's six foot seven and like mm-hmm. two hundred twenty-five pounds of solid muscle. But he runs as if he's like you know he runs like a ridiculous dash. And he could jump eight hundred feet, and he could. I'd be mean, like you know he <laughs> he's not a human being, right? Like so, Steph Curry, you know, is like a normal sized person who plays like a video game, and LeBron James looks like a guy that you just moved every stat to a hundred, and you're like, and I'll in NBA in NBA, you know, like and I'll be and I'll make him uh, you know six foot seven, and sure he can yeah. hit every shot and he can do anything and you know you know i've heard that in uh, like nba 2k 16 and all of the the basketball simulators that it's like really disappointing to play steph curry because he's not as good as he is in real life <laughs> which is like the opposite yeah. problem yeah. i feel so like that should be something that the half court shot he always makes that, <laughs> that, that, that that's, that's bullshit that's in his range I feel like that should be um that should be your uh that should be your thing though russ i think that should be a challenge accepted moment for you I mean, you. We already talked about your love of sports video games, so I think, yeah. you know, I think you need to show that you can be as good as Steph Curry on a video game in real life. Yeah, you know? create the Russ Guberman avatar, who's yeah, I've probably done it in older games before. Maybe you could three D print Steph Curry. I like to see this happen. I'm not the one obsessed with Steph Curry. I think he's he's wonderful. He set all the records. He's amazing. He also has maybe two other Hall of Famers on his team. Maybe. This is this what? is the moment where you think Clay wait, Thompson wait, wait. is a Hall of Famer. Really? Wait, I think yeah. Clay wait, Thompson has like if it were not for Steph Curry, Clay Thompson would be, have set the record for most threes in a season more than once already. Uh, I mean, and they're like a seven seed and probably out in the second round. I mean, if that. I'm just it's saying it, they have the best shooting backcourt in the in the history of the world, and that's not just because it's Steph Curry and some guy. It's because of Steph Curry and another. NBA legacy, who's also one of the best well, shooters ever. I mean, I, I just, I, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think they're obviously very, very good, regardless. But I just think you add him on, and it just becomes sort of like we we redefine teams when he like enters the equation. This uh, there, he actually they showed a clip of him in that game where he came in and scored forty points, <clears throat> uh, just sort of pedaling away on a bike like a stationary bike staying loose on the sidelines. And it literally was just, like, someone put a caption like, uh, I'm going to let you finish, then I'm going to score 40 points. Like, he's just, he's just like, I'm just bicycling, I'm just waiting. Okay, now it's time to come in and score 40 points. That's, that's how we'll do it. It'll be fine. So, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting to watch uh, some of these things, some of these okay, players so play. So, really, really quickly, uh, in the NBA, the record for most threes in a season is obviously Steph Curry with 402. Second place... Steph Curry with 286. <laughs> that, Third gap, place, that gap is absurd. Yeah. That gap is really crazy. Yeah. I don't Third even know what to say about that. ever is Clay Thompson with 276. Fourth place is Steph Curry with 272. Oh, my God. Seventh place, Steph Curry with 261. 11th place, Clay Thompson with 239. 23rd place, Clay Thompson with 223. 33rd place, Clay Thompson with 211. Like, the, these guys are both... They're both the best three-point shooter ever. Both of them. Both of them. Mm, still a well, I mean, you've just between dis- those two. I was just going to say that. You're like, it's like saying, you know, like, oh, well, they're the absolute best player ever if you put the best player next to someone who's not anywhere close. Like, do 402, how many did Clay Thompson have at his best again? What was his top number? So, I mean. But I'm saying nobody in the history of the NBA has had more than 276 other than Steph Curry. 
Well, because he's watching, you know, he's watching Steph Curry do it every night, so he starts imitating the arc. He's like, oh, that's how you should do it. <laughs> He's just like, I'll just still, follow the same mark. Still, that's still fine. He's still the second best. He's one of the best shooters of all time, still. I don't I don't know whether I buy your argument that the reason that Steph Curry is not as great is because he has the also semi-great shooter. Oh, I, mean, I think he is as great. But you know what? I think uh, Damian Lillard is like not that much less good than Damian Steph Lillard Curry. Damian Lillard is but really, really freaking good. He's Damian really, really good. Amazing. Yeah, he's really amazing. Amazing. And it helped that he didn't make the All-Star game. Oh, my God. He all year. lost his mind so when he didn't lo- make the All-Star game. He's like, you want a piece of this? I'm not an All-Star. 40 points every night. 40 points every night. Tell me more about how I'm not an All-Star. I hope they keep Meanwhile, on the sidelines, year. Steph like, Curry basically. We single-handedly basically. went from, like, the 9 seed to the 4 seed because he didn't make the All-Star team. Like... That's true. He should not make the All-Star team every year. No, I know. <laughs> I really like hope it, it happens again. It's like, I hope he's the MVP <laughs> next year, but not the All-Star team, just so he can, like, okay, we're going to win every game in the second half. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, yep. He's ridiculous. It's an interesting, and, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, saw this, but um, so the Philadelphia 76ers fired their, head co- uh, fired their um, general manager. And for those of you who don't know, the Philadelphia 76ers for the last three years have been involved in a, I'm using air quotes, rebuilding process. Well, here's the thing about a rebuilding process in the 76ers land. This means that they have literally tanked three consecutive seasons to be as bad as they possibly could so that they can, first of all, perform better in the lottery, which is basically the draft that happens at the end of every year. What position you get to pick in the draft is based upon your position in a lottery, basically, of the worst teams. Um, and then trying to sort of stockpile all of those terrible, terrible, you know, picks, I should say great picks based on terrible records, into a sort of team, into a better team. And so he got fired because apparently this just doesn't work. I, I want to know at what point, like, ownership is like, you know, I think winning 10 games a year is not really doing anything for our fan base. Like, I feel like it's just not... A system that's liable to, you know, win people over. I mean, was it at? It was. It wasn't after the first season. It wasn't after the second season. The third season is where they're like, yeah, you know, this system is an awful, awful idea. Why did we ever do this? You know, I just I don't understand. Like, if half of the ownership groups just sort of are asleep and every so often they're like, hey, what? Uh, Jeeves, bring me the latest newspaper. Well, God damn it, has it, what's going on? Why is it we have ten wins again? Get me that man on the phone. Like. What are they doing the rest of the time? Well, I don't. I don't. You get ten wins and you get to draft Shaq or LeBron James in one year, so it, they can be forgiven. I think for for a year or two, thinking like, "Oh, we're just going to get some superhuman player who revolutionizes our whole team and our whole franchise, and then we'll be set for life." Like I think that theory on paper, like it has happened to teams before, it just didn't happen to them. For three consecutive years. Yeah, exactly. So. And that's where they're like, wait, wait, where's LeBron? We People lose and then they get LeBron. Where's LeBron? Why is he not Yeah, where does, where does LeBron appear? Yeah. LeBron's yeah. going to be around somewhere. Yeah. So. Oh, I wanted to blame Billy King for this, but he hasn't been the GM of the Philly since like 2007, so never mind. <laughs> He's just been the terrible GM for the Brooklyn Nets and throwing that team into the gutter, but not. 76ers. I thought so. that team had a chance because they had that crazy Russian owner who like threw all of these rubles at it. And then Prokhorov, see, yeah. That's yeah. The th- you can't do that. In the sport, it doesn't yeah. work. You just end up with a bunch of bad contracts, and if you don't know what you're doing, you yeah. sign like 18 Andres Barnianis for you all the money. Omar Asik, no <laughs> It's true. It's all these yeah. players. I'm, I'm very pleased with Celtics management right now. 
because I'm just very happy. In general, I'm sorry they Danny lost Ainge to the Hawks. Danny Ainge is a genius. Danny Ainge is genius. good, and, and all, he's really good, and also they got a great coach. I think Brad yeah, Stevens Brad is going to be really good. really amazing. Be legit, man. He should, have saved so right. he should have made Butler into UCLA. That would have been such a cooler it's story. Like, what, kind of, <laughs> what kind of owner do you need to give the reins to a smart person like Danny Ainge to hand over the team to a young coach so that he can develop with the young players that you're drafting. Like, it all makes sense. It's coherent. And like, how but that's what they did with the Knicks with Phil Jackson and... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, Russ, were you happy when you heard that they got Phil Jackson? For a moment, were you like, oh, at least this restores credibility to the franchise? I don't know. I felt like you needed a strong personality just to deflect the influence of the worst owner in all of professional sports for any team ever. But he owns the Rangers and they're good. Dolan I mean, owns the Rangers and they're yeah. good? Is it 1994? Dolan, well, I mean, the Rangers are getting to like, you know, they, they lost in the Stanley Cup last year. They three straight years. They've been in the playoffs. Getting I don't know. Finals. I don't really know what to say about hockey. I don't know whether there's any, any comparison between skill and one. I think in one, you just you just skate around a bunch, and sometimes you get lucky. Yes, that's, that's really exactly how a hockey managerial is. Skate around a bunch, and then get lucky. You should be a hockey coach, Russ. I think you've got it down. Yeah. Uh, you're you're not like skating enough, on, damn it. Russ is, skate more. Russ's first game as a professional hockey coach, it's like 12 minutes into the first period. His first line crawls over to the bench. Coach, can you put someone else in, please? We run out. He's like, what? I have to put in someone new? Get out there and skate. Skate more. Bob, I've never seen before. NHL 94 is that you deke left, deke right, deke left, and score every time. And then score automatically, especially with the dude from Vancouver. Yeah. Like, that's that's my understanding of the. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I was in uh, I was in Canada for uh, Ad Astra, um, which is the Canadian convention in near Toronto that I go to every year. And I'm always, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, right? But every time I go up there, I flip on ESPN, and ESPN up there is covering minor league hockey games. Like that's that's ESPN Canada. Like way down there, it's like blah 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 blah, and then the Blue Jays, and then like basketball, and then like 750, like you know, dude. On, coverage on like ESPN curling, Olympic today, curling, and then I saw a cricket subscription service that ESPN is offering, where you can subscribe to get all fifteen cricket games in the cricket season. Yeah, man, they're all international now. Everything's about streaming. It's all where it's at, and you can do the same thing for NBA too. You can do all the sports now. Um, I think even football is going to do this, where you can watch out of market games, which is dangerous because I already love the MLB app, so I can watch the Red Sox. Man, if the Steelers are open. And I can watch that. Well, oh, I don't know man. why all sports didn't switch to that platform ages ago. Like MLB TV is experience is enjoying its like 14th season, and it's criminal that other. Do you know they make a billion dollars in revenue from that program? Of course, one it's, it's billion. Brilliant. It's, I love paying it. I like find it a privilege. To <laughs> MLB TV. No, it is seriously. Oh, yeah. it is like the best hundred dollars I spend every year of my life. Like it is amazing. I, I completely it is, agree. It is I completely agree. And it's yeah, a great system, it. and they make a billion dollars, and all the fans are happy. Like, what is there not to like about it? Yeah, like, except it for the, the blackout, the local blackout. Yeah, well, yeah, the, except for the fact that they just blackout. settled a class action lawsuit against users of MLB TV, and now it's even better because they had to respond to all the criticisms of it, like the too many blackout games and the, the like. Blackouts are an issue, yeah. and but yeah. it's like literally the best thing that capitalism has ever done. I mean, hey, I've subscribed to it since the first year it existed, so I clearly am not complaining. Me too. Me too. I got all the 2004 ALCS archived videos thanks to that. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I I love MLB, but I'm thinking I may I may at some point get either the NBA. Uh, like they have their streaming package because the thing is what I love about it is it literally is the portable generation where you can I can watch it on my tablet or my phone or my PS3 downstairs or I can watch it on a computer anywhere like it really is you can watch it anywhere like it's not one of this like where you're locked into a cable system or anything like that you can watch it anywhere and they have the streaming systems now for soccer too so it's like most you know most things you could just a la carte your way into exactly the viewing experience you want you know Hey, can I tell you guys a really quick story, not not relevant of of what's of sports sportsy things? Sure, this is um, the sports episode, so I think I think you should. So, uh, you know, my Harry Potter improv team, we've you know we're we're like work our asses off, and we practice every week, and we get little bookings at little theaters here and there, and once in a while we do a convention or we do a show at like a weird you know fantasy themed location. So uh, I thought it'd be a good idea. This place that I recently took uh, Story and Alex on their visit to LA, the last bookstore. Yeah, the um, I've seen I've seen groups, you know, performance groups perform there. They have a little stage and a DJ booth and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what a perfect setting! The Harry Potter team should perform there. So uh, I got the day that I think we all visited before we went to see Stephanie's play. Like I got the the information for their event coordinator, and uh, the, the team submitted a thing, and we set a date. Uh, in late June, where we're going to perform there, and Stephanie shared the Facebook event on her Facebook, being like, and it was just it's just called Harry Potter Night. You know, we're going to have like an opening act, which might be some kind of wizard, punk rock, and uh, some other and a cost. Everyone's you know encouraged to come in costume, and whatever. And we're like, great, you know, it's a small bookstore. You know, if we get if we get twenty thirty people, it'll be really fun. Uh, this Facebook event went viral. Uh, as of now, yeah. twelve thousand people are coming what? <laughs> to the last bookstore. What? I, which has a capacity of like three hundred like, like soaking I'm about to like, say, No like, chance. What like, in the name of creation? So what I what I'm waiting for is now two people to actually show up, showing that Facebook has no relevance in well, society. Yeah, I mean, no, but like, God, so do you hope, have a, we can only hope that one percent of these people show up. You need to do it. You need to have it stream. No, I'm serious. That's the only. This way has got to go out on the street. Got to. Yeah. Can do it. That's the only way. They Harry Potter in L.A., man, it's got to happen. Harry Potter so, in the streets of L.A. Wow. Kind of don't know what to do. We can't make it stop. People keep no, tagging their friends and inviting like, friends. No, we don't. We don't want a lot of people. We just wanted. We wanted to be hit. No. Well, but like we're, exactly, this is the level. Exactly. Of like, I don't. This is too many guys. Can yeah. you hand me that craft beer? Mm-hmm. And we contacted like, the last bookstore and we're like, "Do you guys want us to do some kind of free ticketing just to make sure that people say they got it?" And they're like, "No, we'll just handle it." I'm like, "Do you understand no, what's we'll about to happen?" All the, the books in our inventory. <laughs> we'll just handle it. <laughs> <laughs> we will just sell every book in the store and then fulfill our promise of being the last bookstore because there will be Russ, no books left. If you do not video, oh, if you do not record this. I will never I will never speak to you again. You must record this and like you've got to there's, record this somehow. There's gonna be a giant throng of people like clogging up downtown LA that cannot remotely fit anywhere near the bookstore anymore that are just all gonna be in Harry Potter garb. And can everyone like gather around in this room? Yeah. yeah. We're the, the fucking room? like Beatles now. Like I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is going on. This is amazing. Show me. Can you put the? Well, this is. To be what, fair, where's the link? when you first told me that you were in a Harry Potter troupe, I was kind of like, "How has this not happened already?" Because like that right. is that right. is like totally gold. Like, so. 
So about damn time. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was the idea. And from time to time, we've had huge packed houses. And but yeah, and then so then we like LA, which is a website about LA based events just picked up this massively viral thing. And they wrote an article about it. And I'm just like, we're just like, stop, stop. Nobody can fit in this bookstore. It's too small. We got to get Dodger Stadium. Are they open? (laughs) I'm I'm going over to look here right now. Uh, Harry Potter. If you Let's do get see. twelve hundred people, you should then go to you should then pitch Dodger Stadium. But like that's definitely twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. Oh. Twelve thousand. Oh, I'm sad. Twelve thousand. Yeah. Hey, story. Uh, it was twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. So you know. Okay. Twelve thousand. Yeah. So now, yeah. I don't know if you heard that. Thousand of them are only interested, so hopefully they all won't. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's definitely true. Um. So I want. So these people are all people that are confirmed going because it's doing the stupid thing where I have to log into Facebook yeah. and I don't want to no, do that. Of, of going, it's only two thousand. Interested, it's another ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so you've only got two thousand people going. Only two thousand. No problem. No <laughs> problem. Yeah. You guys. Fire Marshal's totally fine with that. That's only an that order of magnitude over. That's fine. That bookstore looks crowded with thirty-five people in it. Is <laughs> Listen, all I'm I've explained for a long time. I've explained for a long time. That the reason that I named, uh, that I created this course called Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter is, you know, I like Harry Potter, but I knew that the minute Harry Potter enters anything, it's insta-fill. And of course, that class was maxed out immediately. Um, and that basically is, I've decided that this is the case with everything. So I think, you know, I have the, I have my uh, graphic novel, Icarus just, just came out. And I think I need to make it Icarus, subtitle Harry Potter. <laughs> because I, it's clear to me... <laughs> That all I need to do is subtitle or connect anything to Harry. Like, name my kid Harry Potter. Like, oh, really, like all I need to do is Harry Potter. And I'm having a son. I'll just name Harry Potter. And I'll, I'll put a little lightning scar just in, you know, oh, like, marker. Gonna... Like, <laughs> raceable marker on his forehead. And it'll be good. I, I think it's important as well. Um, because one of the things that happens is when, you, is when you hit this level of success, you need to immediately channel it into success for just you and have a moment where you betray the team that came up with you. So I think you need to very quickly sort of demonstrate that you are the one responsible is for it. Voldemort? You know, like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, he's got to jump in front of other people and be like, yes, and you're an idiot. I'm, on the other hand, really awesome. You know, like, this you've got to make sure you do that yeah yeah Yeah. so that you can basically make sure that you are the one who gets all of the credit and and you know it'll cost there'll be some bruised egos and some disappointed people and there'll be some lifetime movies made about this in 20 years but that's okay because in the meantime you will have become this enormous success so i think you're right on the precipice of greatness you know um i don't know i think it'll be one awesome big show and we're gonna try super hard to like entertain people waiting in line because there will be a lot of those people and then hopefully out of that we'll get enough to fill a small theater for shows in the future that's really my that's like for me best case scenario because it's hard to like you know we don't have the money to provide drinks and beverages and things for ten thousand people like obviously you know (laughs) it's not a ticketed event we're not we're not gonna drop like five grand on beverages just to make sure you know so well maybe you could shift it to a larger venue all of a sudden i'm thinking like the blues brothers you know where they have to like the cars just driving around on the megaphone like one night only the blues brothers review like maybe that's (laughs) maybe that's what needs to happen man you need to move it to a larger venue and just be like all of a sudden who recently left the bernie sanders campaign because they were dealing with this all the time yeah like yeah for serious yeah yep we need a washington square park right sized area that's it all these people yep so well you know look that's awesome 
I'm I'm super excited for you, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens after the uh, 25th. So uh, this will give us a chance to kind of prep for this. So we'll be able to, you know, dear MEP listeners, you can sort of let you know us know your opinion about this, and we'll see about getting uh, this viral, so we can continually to just try to just try to take a little bit of the the sort of backwash, you know, the exhaust off of Russ's rocket, you know, and just get a little bit sort of moving in our general directions. That's all, just a little bit of that. You know, and that'll that'll work out great. To yourself, that'll be okay. <laughs> I, I don't think I need any backwash. backwash. <laughs> well, one thing we've done, no, no. so we don't get a backlash, is uh, we've come to the end of an hour, gentlemen. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking uh, sports. It's been a pleasure talking, uh, you know, stories, uh, new job, and it's been a pleasure talking Russ's uh, imminent arising fame. So, uh, you know, this is what's going to Oh yeah, my new job is working for as a marketing agent for this new Harry <laughs> Potter. <laughs> Improv troop. Oh, I heard good things about yeah, them. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Please let us know what you think about on the show. Please send us stuff. Please tell us everything you want us to talk about at themepreport.com. We will be back to you, wonderful people, very soon. Say goodbye, everybody. Yeah, we'll just we'll 3D print another improv team to help perform. <laughs> there from. you go. You can have a little miniature <laughs> improv teams all over the bookstore, and everyone can gather around that little thing. Then you can have them in line. It'll be great. The future is now. <laughs> well, the last time I saw old man he knew him better did da da da. He was chasing a female he knew him better did da da da. As he shot past, I heard him say, <laughs> "She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pits of a kangaroo." But I don't She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pits of a kangaroo. Well, there is a moral to this ditty, um, better did da da da. Frost can sing, but he ain't pretty, um, better did da da da. Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. Emu can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can round the pits of a kangaroo. Well, the cookabar laughed and he said, It's true, um, better did da da da. 